And now, it's time to sit back and enjoy the Two True Freaks Internet Radio Broadcast. You should have the chef whip up a light balsamic vinaigrette, something that goes well with chrysanthemums. Your android has turned dangerously violent, Captain. He must be destroyed. Celebrated hair growth is often experienced by Klingons during Jaktala. Can anyone remember when we used to be explorers? We're through running from these bastards. You're really going to risk igniting the exhaust? All right. I will. I'm going to miss these little flesh-stretching sessions of ours, my dear. Hello, and welcome back. Back to Commentary Monthly Monday. Yeah, you thought it was gone, suckers. But it ain't <laughs> gone. You're going to get so much... We're going to cram so many commentaries down your throat in the next month. This is... Just, just just think of this as a little preview of next month. We're, we're, gonna, we're on a roll. And by we, I mean myself, Chris Honeywell... And Scott Gardner. Hi. <laughs> and, oh boy, am I pumped for this one today. Now, do we want to tell them the, the real deal behind this, or do we want to fill them with some namby-pamby made-up bullshit? We can give them some combination of the... Let's, let's <laughs> tell them the real thing so we look like we're being honest, down-to-earth podcasters. Well, there's a couple factors at play here. For one, I felt bad. I felt bad that we didn't have any TNG con- uh, content for Star Trek Monthly Monday this month. I, I just felt badly about that. Yeah, me too. And, uh, so I wanted to, to get something out there that was uh, that was TNG related. And the other thing is, just to, to be perfectly honest, um, earning my ears just it just was not going to happen for this month. Um, just because of scheduling issues uh, nothing you know nothing else going on just scheduling um scott rifen and i were actually going to sit down and record a, an episode this morning and i got to realizing pff, even if we get it you know recorded and everything i just don't have enough time between when we're recording right now and when the episode would have be to due come up. out and I, that is not a show that i am comfortable with you know giving less than 110 percent you know i I really that show's just gotta it's gotta work for me because that's a show i'm doing for myself well well, yeah and plus you know just just technically a commentary show is so much easier to put together exactly we're not gonna have to drop a music cue halfway through it's it's you it's 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 scarier because we can't cut out the points where we sound stupid because it'll screw up the timing of the movie so we end up sounding a little stupider, but it, boy, it's a lot <laughs> less editing time. Well, there's another thing too, is that, you know, originally when uh, when we were discussing this, you had said something about doing uh, Star Trek Nemesis, which I'm totally yes. down for. However, there's there's several movies that just continually get picked on on the internet. Yep. And a couple of them I've already addressed. A couple of them I've, I've you know, done my my feeble attempt to offer up some sort of defense for them. But the one that we're going to be talking about 
you know, for this episode is just one of those ones that's continually just ragged on yep. on the internet, and I don't understand why. Well, so when we finally came up with the with the set plan of what we're gonna do for you know for this episode and then for the next month, uh, I was like, yes, I, I think this is a good place to start. And uh, do you remember the movie My Bodyguard with uh, with uh, Chris Makepeace? The guy who oh like no, Mike I'm thinking Frost. of the one. I'm thinking of the one with um, what's his name there from? Uh, if you build it, they will come. Oh, and Kevin what's Costner, your name? the bodyguard. Yeah, no, that's not with Kevin Costner. Oh, I he hate that. No, this song. is a different movie. <laughs> okay. No, yeah, oh, please, yeah, please don't sing. I'll talk. I'll talk. <laughs> um, no, this was a different movie. This was this was uh, early '80s coming of age movie and it had uh the the actor chris Makepeace who looked like a young mike cross and he i don't remember the specifics of it but he moved to a new town with his mom and he had bullies picking on him and he hired vincent d'onofrio i think was a care i can't remember the character's name but he hires a local tough guy that everybody's afraid with to be his bodyguard and that's i think we're going to be the vincent d'onofrio to to the <laughs> insurrections Chris make peace with this uh this movie because man I really like this movie I really I did I I haven't seen this since I saw it in the theater and all the same with all the next generation movies the the second time I've seen them has been in preparation for one of our shows which means only one before this which was um first contact which I did with shag right Right. When when you were on hiatus <laughs> for a while and you were like, do first contact. That's one I can uh, skip. <laughs> yeah. Well, I was just going to say, you know why I skipped that one, right? Yeah. <laughs> and uh, not a fan of the first contact. And so, uh, you know, I, I, I went to see all of these in the theater. And. Um, and this was was this this was. The first, right? First what? The first um, next generation movie. This one? Yes. Besides, this is the first. Well, besides uh, first contact. Um, was first contact before this? Yeah. Okay. Okay. So, so it was, oh, so good. Was, we're going. So it was chronological order. Oh yeah, yeah. We're going in order. Yeah, because there's there's generations, which was the you know the bridge one between you know old crew and new crew, and then you had uh, first contact was the first TNG solo flick, and then this is the next one after that. And, uh, you know, all, all of my friends, we'd pile in to see them when they came out because by this time, you know, you, it was off the air and, you know, it was your only <laughs> the only chance to see Star Trek. And uh, I really enjoyed it then and and I was wondering if it was going to hold up and, uh, well, we'll see. <laughs> well, you know, we were talking a little bit before we got started about, uh, you know, there, there's a great site out there that... Um, is basically it's it's kind of acts as a hub for movie commentaries. You know, podcasters doing movie commentaries. It's called Zarban. It's, I believe it's Zarban.com. Yeah, they're like archivists. They go yeah, out and a, hunt them down. It's a great site if you're just ever curious. Gee, I wonder if a if a podcast has ever done a movie commentary for this movie. And you can go and you can find everything in alphabetical order. And I was in there not long ago looking for. Some, oh, I know what it was. Is um. Somebody had asked us to do commentaries for the Terminator films. And I would swear that you and I had done the first Terminator movie, but I could not remember where the hell it was. I couldn't find it on our site. Well, anyway, 
I was in Zarbin digging around trying to find it. Evidently, we didn't do one, and I'm just mental. Right, or something. we talked about. We, we, we I think show we talked, on all the Terminator yeah. movies at the time. Well, I think what it was, I think I was confusing it with RoboCop because my memory of us doing of us doing uh, Terminator was that we were together, we you know, in the same room, like we sat down and watched it and just talked through it. I'm thinking of, uh, I, I believe I'm thinking of uh, when we did RoboCop that first time you came down to visit. Anyway. I'm in there and I'm digging around and and I'm finding that some of the comments were uh, were rather rude and there was one in there <laughs> I can't remember what movie commentary they were actually commenting on but they said something about well, basically the comment was to the effect of well these are the guys that liked Superman Returns but hated Dark Knight so that tells you everything you need to know about them and to that guy I just want to say you know in the first, what, we've been recording now about five minutes? Yeah. So in this first five minutes, I've given you everything you need. I just told you I like this movie, and I don't like First Contact, so there you go. Done your job for you. You're welcome. <laughs> well, you know, it's funny because, well, I mean, it's an internet comment, and I wouldn't say that we liked Superman Returns, but we made comments in the mo in the you know in the commentary. Whereas we liked it better than it worked better than Dark Knight and was watchable. Well, Not high praise. Is, how can you listen to both of those and come off with such an incorrect assessment? Who knows? He might have listened to five minutes of it. He might That's not have listened to any thinking. of it and just wanted to be a loudmouth. You know, yeah, you never know with the, the internet. That's why I I, I always take bad comments as a as a source of your you're starting to get people listening to you outside your circle of friends <laughs> so right. i always see it it's as true. a good a good thing because you know somebody who feels comfortable slagging you is is actually listening there was one guy who listened to our avengers commentary and said something like you know a crappy commentary for a crappy movie you know, thanks which, which is hilarious to me because if you hate the movie why do you want to listen to the commentary unless you think the people are going to trash it, you know? And then right. he must have figured out pretty quickly that we weren't going to trash it. So no. so then why would you want to listen to the whole commentary? Then take the time to sign into a forum and comment on it, you know? I, I it just It just cracks me up that this guy had to have us in his ear for two and a half hours. <laughs> and and think about it and write that comment and all we have to do is read a stupid comment in five seconds and be done with him so we win <laughs> i love it well we always win <laughs> are we ready to go ahead and dive into this then yes oh my god it's been so long since we did a commentary luckily we got one i got a lot to blab about in this one i can <laughs> All right. I just remember, hope I remember. Hope I remember what to do. Uh, I will refresh you on the drill. <laughs> I was gonna say you guys know the drill, but maybe after five or six months you don't. I will do a yeah. countdown from three, and I will All say right. go, and that's when we will start our paused video, which is on, of course, zero zero, because that's where you start stuff, dummies. Yeah. All right. Here we go. Three, right. two, one go all right so star trek insurrection did you see this one in the theater yes i did i saw them all in the theater yeah and i'm thinking 
what year is this? It's like 98. I was definitely 98. Yeah. yeah, I was just like, just like working. But yeah, that yeah. I mean, I was pretty. I was more <clears throat> of a regular filmmaker or filmmaker film goer at this time at this era of the 90s, and I am now. Right. So if there were and and, and like we've talked about a lot of times. If there was a genre film, you just went and saw it most of the time because, you know, you wouldn't get a chance unless you were renting something else on video. So it was, and if it was Star Trek, you know, I was I was just generally there. Well, right out of the gate, and I'm sure I will uh, say this 15 more times, but right out of the gate, I want to just comment about uh, Jerry Goldsmith's beautiful score for this movie. I, I love it. I, I think this is uh, I think this is right up there with some of his best stuff. I really like this one. I've always thought that it spoke, you know, spoke volumes that uh, my wife, who at best tolerates my geekier interests, I, I drug her to this one, and this is the only one that she genuinely likes of all the Star Trek films. I do believe she's seen them all, if I'm not mistaken. I'll. I'll- I'll say this, besides Star Trek the Motion Picture, this may be the purest Star Trek movie in existence right now. I'm glad you said it before I did, because, yeah, I was going to throw that in at some point, too. Which I think, you know, I have my pet theories as to why it gets the crap that it gets. That's, like, number one on that list, is the fact that... uh I, I do. I agree with you. I think it's the purest of you know Roddenberry Trek, which yes. you know we have established, I believe, is not necessarily the most popular Star Trek. You know, people, you know, they they like their their dark and gritty, or they like their you know shit blowing up or whatever. Which I think this one has. It does, but I mean, let's let's just say let's just take the beginning of this movie. First mm-hmm. of all. You got Jonathan Frakey's directing it, which to me mm-hmm. is like, that's a good sign because here's somebody who's been in a Star Trek character for years and years and years. Right. And, you know, he's going to be familiar with all the characters. So there's going to be focus on the actual characters in the movie. Mm-hmm. And usually the actors seem to really get into the Roddenberryness of it. Now, and I mean, most genre movies they're gonna start out with a big special effects set piece what is this people farming you know right it's, it's and here's where some of the the uh pro- like the problems with my problems with the film are just generally blah set design and character you know like costuming and stuff this it's a very it's not very visually arresting it's very flat, almost documentary-like. But, like, the people have that sort of generic um, Star Trek TV show, you know, go get some costumes from, you know, the, the, the closet and some stock costumes, and we'll set them up. It's got a very made-for-TV feel to it. That's what I remember seeing it in the theater. That is like, the, that's the most common complaint about this movie. That's kind of what I like about me, it. No, yeah, exactly. I mean, come on. What is the number one complaint that everybody had with Star Trek The Motion Picture? Didn't feel enough like the the TV show. Right. So here we are all these years later with Next Gen 
we come out with a, a movie that feels to me like a big screen version it's, of the TV show the in so many ways. Two, it's about the length of two episodes. Yeah, and everybody, that's the complaint that you read everywhere on the internet. That's what everybody says. Oh, it's just an extended episode of the TV show. Well, is that not what you said that you wanted? But Make you know up what? your mind. A, an extended episode of the TV show, if it's a good episode, is a great thing. And I remember mm -hmm. thinking in the movie theater, I'm like, okay. This is this that is what this is. This is a TV show with, you know, the writing. They had more time to tweak the writing. They have more time to put some nice lighting in it, get Jerry Goldsmith to score it. But basically, it's filmed and Frankie's is filming it. He did a lot of the TV shows. It's filmed like a TV show with a few. We just saw a nice little, you know, we're moving camera here, but there's a. <laughs> But, I like to throw in my own sound effects. But we're not given, like, a, a huge action sequence. We're given an action sequence here, but it's it's a just sort of standard science fiction premise. What's going on? Ah, the guy's head appears. You know, this is just 100% real sci-fi. Mm -hmm. And, uh... And I, I actually remember sitting in the theater when I saw Data's head. I was just like, "This is this is great. This is just like reading a sci-fi novel." They're they're introducing all the stuff, and uh, you know the premise. We have we have the mystery of like you know why is Data, you know, malfunctioning and and acting the way he is. But I think you know we established during our generations commentary that sometimes Brent Spiner has a way of looking when he's data that's damn creepy, creepy. And, and sometimes even terrifying yeah. and he does it several times in this part where he's yeah malfunctioning you know where he just gets a look on his face that's just like ooh that's creepy now see these uniforms remind me I don't know if it was intentional or not but they, they to me they're a throwback to uh, the naked time yes. where they go down to the scratchy, you know, they get the scratchy, yep. you know, the, the hairy palm disease there. Yep. I love that. <laughs> but I love it. it. This is very much like the first chapter of a science fiction novel. You know, mm -hmm. what what the hell's going on? And now we're going to start right. figuring it out. You know, now we're going to start getting to the bottom of it. And uh, but this is the first all CG um, Star Trek and the CG is, well. has dated fairly well. Uh, maybe Pretty well. There's it's a, better there's, than the TV show, maybe. There's one later that if I if I get a chance, I'll point it out that I think's a little rough. But for the most part, I think the, the CG is pretty good. I like that they finally came up with some good-looking dress uniforms. Yeah, the uniforms in this are really nice. Riker is getting... It, it, this, is, this is great. You know, uh, we, I was comparing this to Star Trek, the motion picture, because... It's uh, the most pure science fiction one. But mm -hmm. I think this is a gentler, different take on Wrath of Khan in, in, in a lot of ways because people are sh this, there's a lot of people showing their age in this one. Um, Riker, Riker, I'm talking to you, is getting, getting kirked out. You know, he's starting right. to shatten her up. In, 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 <laughs> the, in the years after the show, you know. I love this line. <laughs> That's a great line. Yes, I always like that one. Well, I, I, it's it's like a it's like a subtle you know acknowledgement of the fact that the films are not you know in the spirit of the TV show where well, they were Steve, off you know, exploring 
but yeah. but then this movie is. <laughs> You're right. But um I I think this this movie the characters are aging. Right. But and the advancement of humanity they're aging a lot more gently than Kirk. <laughs> you know that Kirk's aging Kirk getting old has to be resolved and Mr. Worf, aren't you on TV? <laughs> That's what this whole scene's about cuz Worf was a regular on DS9 yeah. during this time. Yeah. So they always had to figure out a way. That's one of the things I love best about Nemesis cuz by the time of Nemesis they're like screw it Worf's here, you yeah. know. They just they didn't even try at that point. I love it. That might have been one of the things I hate too. <laughs> but we'll be getting to that. <laughs> That's for another day, but the day well, you know, soon. It's, it's funny that you say that about about Wrath of Khan because I think that has been, I won't say the downfall, but I think that's been one of the mistakes of many a Star Trek film since Wrath of Khan is that so many of them have been chasing that again, well, trying to recapture that feel. And this one, from what I've, you know, the, the behind-the-scenes stuff that I've read on this one, says that they were going more for Star Trek 4 than Star Trek 2. I can see that. And I can see that because, you well, know, say what you will about Star Trek 4, it was the most uh, accessible to everybody. You know, well, pretty much everybody liked 4. You know, whether you were a, a hardcore Star Trek fan or, you know, just mm -hmm. a man on the street who didn't really know Star Trek from anything else. And that's what I think... If this film does have one thing that really works in it, I think it's that is because I've I've known a lot of people that it's a human story. Yeah, it's they not they a big like blast them up. There's, yeah, you don't need all the the intricacies of Trek to just enjoy it on a on a base level. But um, it, I I don't want to when I say remake of Wrath of Khan, it brings up bad. Associations right. with Into Darkness and to me with Nemesis also, where where they were taking the surface elements of Wrath of Khan. This doesn't really take the story beat, or although it does sort of have you know a submarine chase at the end, um, it it's just sort of the the theme of these characters, and I mean that's almost something you're gonna have to deal with anyway because the actors are getting older and if you're going right. to keep making movies you're going to have to address that fact and uh and luckily with with next generation they had a wide swath of uh of characters of course the youngest character wesley isn't even in this one <laughs> thank god and uh but yeah i mean the the whole uh, you have the whole conceit of this planet here that that stops aging and you you you're seeing everybody you, you know I mean the beginning of Wrath of Khan Kirk's feeling old he's 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 feeling so old that he's actually admitting it to McCoy and talking right. about it and you know this one the, the these guys are a little more comfortable with growth. right here this one once it's out of the cloud watch it here for a second yeah it's like a right about a there it looks scene. it yeah. looks a little last starfightery there yes. yeah. And what Ew. is it? What is it with next generation movies and body horror elements? They <laughs> love like, like some sort of Hellraiser like nice butt in the background over the, <laughs> the admiral's shoulder though, but um, 
they they seem to love how this this scene was ripped off right from Terry Gilliam's uh, Brazil <laughs> with his mother getting her facelift. You know, that's exa- I knew exactly what was going on because I'm like, oh, he's getting a Brazil facelift. And here we here we have our standard next generation Starfleet prick. See, I think that F. Murray Abraham makes a damn good villain in this one. I, I like him a lot. Oh, and uh, Anthony Zerby here as the Admiral, I like him in this because, for one, I just like him. He's a good character actor. But the death that he suffers in this movie is very similar to the way that he died in License to Kill, the, the James Bond movie. Mm-hmm. So. Oh, yeah. That's funny. <laughs> Can't be a Star Trek movie without a tumble across a bridge. <laughs> but what's fun? Uh, what I like about this—that's that's also kind of uh, that almost looks like he's looking at a diorama at Disney World or something. <laughs> I love I like this the Triceratops head people there, the Protoceratops people or whatever the hell they are with those big ridge things on. That's a great effect shot right there. That's pretty smooth. Yeah. Um, I I like it's it's very Star Trekky too where. The villains aren't. I mean, the the alien, the facelift villains are very. Um, the facelift. Villains. They're goofy looking. They look right. goofy. They don't look like bad guys. He looks like just some doofy Joe whose face is falling apart. And you got Grandpa Admiral. You know, none of right. them. It's they're not trying to go for a scene chewing. And I think after this point with Star Trek movies, this was the last time we had a decent villain. <laughs> You this know, iPhone with, will with, stop him. <laughs> with um, real motivations. You God, know, that's a great shot. Plausible motivations. Oh, they have some beautiful. This this whole cloud bank. This that's a beautiful shot too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's really nice. Um, I like that moment where the where he's talking to the admiral. There, it was a, it was a couple of scenes ago where Picard's talking to the admiral, and, and the admiral tells him that they named the region the Briar Patch. He gets a little snicker on his face because he gets the reference. I just thought that was funny. And I was reading something today where this was even criticized the the renewed uh, romance between well, you know, it's Riker and Troy. It's good to be director, isn't it? Had she already hooked up? With, she'd already hooked up with Worf at one point in this. Yeah, life. how would you feel about getting Worf sloppy seconds? Well, they I said they, 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 there was a scene with them and Worf, and there was some like dialogue in there, and I was like, that's kind of strange because I think that there there wasn't the subtext of like you know they had you know he and Worf had something in common in that scene, and it should have been in there. right. But um, I you know it's I love. The fact, that, and and you start seeing it here. They don't really explain it. You know, Worf sleeping too much because he's back in puberty mode. It and instead of going, you know, that's I hadn't thought of that yeah. before. But okay, that's okay. I hadn't thought of that. Everybody starts showing as soon as they pull into here. Everybody starts showing this is a, a little bit of. Right this I love that moment. It's just one of those nice, quiet little Star Trek moments. It doesn't further the plot or anything. It just—I'm surprised that Jordy wouldn't hear the difference of twelve microns in the, you know, in the ship's engine. 
I'm glad you said that about Worf because that's one of those things where it's like you think I Worf, like why would Worf oversleep? That's not exactly cool. that uh, on on that nitpicker level. It's like really you're going to pick the Klingon to be the guy who's derelict of duty, but yeah, I he's, always like the comedy puberty. of the moment he, more sleeping. that yeah that actually makes a lot of sense. And and I like you know, I mean, this the story of this. This is this is a sl- it's. I don't want to say it's slow because it doesn't feel slow. Watching it, I was, you know, eating it up the, from beginning to end. Um, but slow in comparison to what you would consider a genre. And I, that's the thing is now a Star Trek movie has to be an action movie. Exactly. And um, this is not an action movie. This is no, developing the story. At, they could have... They could. There's lots of easy story elements to like. Worf is going through puberty. He could become. A, he could become violent and you know, like <laughs> or like nice Sulu in Naked Time, running around the ship, you know, threatening people and freaking out. But instead, they give him pimples, you know, and make him you know angry and wanting the you know having strange hankerings for food and stuff. It's it's more. It's it's and you know I'm hesitating to say cerebral because it's gonna sound bad, but that should subtle. not it's, sound it's more bad. Subtle. Right. For a movie, you should be looking for a Star Trek movie that's cerebral, and that's what I hated about the the when the first Abrams remake was coming out. There were a lot of like people that were there was a a cartoon, you know. Where they were, you know, or no, it wasn't. It was like the onion had a thing, you know, where the guy was coming out and he was like, I don't understand it. There were no long, boring scenes of people talking about, you know, this and that. And, and you know, they had all the Star Trek fans being disappointed because the, right. the elements that are perceived as being boring. And when you make them sound like that, they do sound boring. But... Good science fiction is here to work out an idea, and this is working out ideas of, you know, the the the, the quest for immortality, and you know what, it's not nothing super deep, but it's an hour and forty three minute movie. So how deep can you get? I mean, right. I always had this memory of this movie that there was more, even more plot to this, where right. Picard was kind of critical to the colonists there for sort of hogging it all up for sort of like having their own little colony there and being like, you know, what makes you people the ones who, you know, get this, get this basically See, again with a creepy face. Yeah. And th- this again could have been a big action sequence and it is an action sequence, but they tie in character story elements to it, mm-hmm. you know, Picard knows data so well that he knows how to get his attention and <laughs> how to manipulate him. <laughs> another, th- that's another. Here's Star- one for the nerds right here because this is the same song that Sala sings in uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark when Indy's boarding the ship with Marion. Oh. After he kisses Indy goodbye, or hugs, he hugs. 
Indy and then Marion kisses him. That's what it is. I'm just glad that Worf did not know what that song was, who Gilbert and Sullivan was, because usually right. in Star, Star Trek, they're like, oh, yes, yes, mid-19th century Earth composers. It's like, no, there's no Klingon should know who Gilbert, no self, self-respecting <laughs> Klingon. Klingon. Exactly. <laughs> But it becomes and very Star Trek four, you know, it's it's character moments. Actually, the color scheme of them flying over the clouds there was very Star Trek four. Mm-hmm. But I think the biggest weak weakness of this movie is the visual style is just not very, and it's not as much from the camera work or the direction, although it is a little bit because it is filmed a lot like a TV show in points. But when it has to get to to the action you know the camera will move around and it will be you know it'll be edited like action but the 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 set design and i'm i'm imagining that because this movie was probably battling with budget cuts and you know and a, a limited budget probably one good sign that they're going to make a star trek film with a limited budget is they're going to let one of the stars direct it you know right that sort of thing. So I think this scene could have really benefited by having Worf hurl, though. Oh God, Klingon puke! That's got to be. The <laughs> it has to be whole. They're awfully calm for spiraling into the planet. You know what I mean? You got to remain. I mean, if this would me, Nerves I'd be like steel. <laughs> <laughs> Nerves of steel. They've been there before, anyway. Yeah, I guess. All I picture is they're sitting there acting and somebody's spinning the camera around in circles. Right. <laughs> now they're rocking it back and forth. There's some big fat guy with a beard got rocking the camera back and forth. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's a good thing there was an app for that. <laughs> clap on, clap off. <laughs> There's all sorts of commercials. I think you could work uh, Fallen and I Can't Get Up into that. <laughs> I hope Data has his Medic Alert bracelet on. <laughs> He's got. A... I still think red shirts should have red shirts, though. I gotta be honest yeah. about that. I need to know which ones are gonna die when they beam down to the planet. Now, you see that, that scene with the kids playing Space Hacky Sack? It could have been really cool, but it was—it's just kind of there. And then we get—we get—we get Troy up up here proving once again that she's useless in the movies again. Okay, you see those kids playing hacky sack? Yeah, yeah, they're good. Boy, Troy, figured that right out. Yeah, really, they do. Oh, wow, good one, Troy. Good thing we got you here to observe that. <laughs> Every hey, time I Troy, I wonder movie, if they're hiding something. Are they hiding anything? Are they holding something back? It's a good thing that they show this woman's tits through the whole movie because she ain't much to look at when they're not showing. Are you kidding me? Oh, well, man, she's a. I think she's a pretty milfy space milf. <laughs> space milf. <laughs> I think she. I think she. I think. Yeah, I think she'd just uh, knock Crusher and, and Troy out of my space. I, I would, if I had the three of them. Oh, come on, man. What this movie really needs is Doc Ock to come in at the end and fight with Picard, because that was Doc Ock's woman in uh, Spider-Man 2. Oh, really? Yeah. She takes a window pane to the neck. 
You can always tell the nerds that got a job on Star Trek because they have the bad haircuts. That guy off to the right, when you <laughs> see him there. He's got that like that that you know, mom. I don't want to get my haircut with the bowl again. These guys are <laughs> such an advanced civilization that can't even give a decent haircut. They're all well. I guess they're not into technology, but geez. Well, Guys, still like, have somebody that does perms. Though. He's like Charlie X with a Vulcan haircut. <laughs> but you that know, you know, there always they're... looks familiar to me, and I can't remember what the. I think he might have been in an episode of. Uh, was it from the Earth to the Moon? I forget. I, I know him from something. Every time I watch this movie, I'm like, damn, what do I know that guy from? I can't ever quite place what I know him from. All I know is like all their houses and stuff have that look of twentieth uh, century. Southern California ranch house, you know, which is probably where they filmed it and dressed up. Hello, CGI hummingbird. <laughs> I, I like the CGI chipmunk they have later on in the, right. the chipmunk with the mumps. It reminds me of there's this uh, you want him don't underground you? Co- co- comic guy who does um, does his comics called Frank, and it, it reminds me of one of his characters. Now, why do they need a different iPad for every single thing that they're looking at? I put <laughs> I all that shit on my one, all right? I know. Look That's at just it. success, Captain. It's funny. Though. It is funny, though, that most desks would have a stack. He should have an in and an out with all his iPads. <laughs> God, I hate those Starfleet pricks. <laughs> Everybody's got fancy seats in this one, too. You know what this is missing, though, is uh, Troy coming in to go, I think the Admiral's hiding something. Yeah, yeah, she doesn't, she, does, she doesn't even detect anybody hiding anything in this episode. All she's really in for is bubble bath action. Yep. Which is okay by me. <laughs> and she's even... St- I, what I love is that uh, I can't remember if it was... If she did it much in the film before this one or not, but in, by this one, she's completely given up on the fake Betazoid accent. She's just doing her regular British accent. Yes. So do I lie down or what? Uh, well. <laughs> He's loving it. He's get, oh, yeah. It's good to be director. <laughs> now, this is a scene where I put my head down in your crotch. You have to be very happy about it. <laughs> I'll be coming down to show you my new uh, Shatner girdle. Parade around the parade around your room a little bit. I'll bet oh, you he could... did get it. For, he did get it from Doctor Crusher though at one time. Did he? Oh yeah, he did. Oh man, he wasn't in his right mind at the time. I think it was the one where he had uh, where he had a trill inside of him. I think, but yeah, he banged her at one time. She has kissed him with the beard before, by the way. I just got to be a nerd and point that out. <laughs> <laughs> what, what the hell was that guy? He was, was he Ghostbuster. Like... <laughs> <laughs> so he saw a cockroach on nine. <laughs> yeah, Jordy was picking up a little bit of weight, too. Mm-hmm. I think we see that woman. Yeah, I was functioning normally until I was shot, too. <laughs> Sons of bitches. But, like, 
there's there's stuff like this. That, like this is what annoys me about Star Trek fans a lot of times is people might be getting excited about this scene because just because of the way it's a tracking shot through engineering and they're like, mm-hmm. I'm getting to see. I just saw an angle at 33 degrees that I'd never saw before. You it's know. the same exact one from Voyager. It's just a slightly redressed. Redressed up. It's probably the same set. Yeah. I love this. Data says, I'm missing memory something or other. And yeah, here. Here they are. That's a great. That's great. I love that. I, it, I don't. See, envy I think them. the humor works in this one. I really do. Yeah, it's. I'm sorry, you don't envy what? I don't envy. The, the thing about this, the, the next generation movies, it must have really sucked is. It really depended on how Brent Spiner aged. Because <laughs> he can't true. age. That's true, yeah. Oh, there you go. There's your little yeah. creature. Yeah, I think his face is a little swollen there, kid. You might want to have that checked <laughs> out. Because you you can't have a fat data. You could come up with some stupid story like, I am padding extra padding on me, so I appear to be aging <laughs> and make my human counterparts more comfortable. But that would be obvious bullshit. Something I was reading said that uh, he was lobbying to get killed off in this one. Well, that would be the logical thing to do with him because in that way, kill kill him off until you can CG him <laughs> Jeff Bridges right. style. Or maybe even a little better than that. Maybe even wait a little longer than that. You could probably do it now. We'll see, we'll see with the new Terminator how they do with uh, making, you know, a young Arnold Terminator run around that looks plausible. Right, but uh, now it's cur- You know, it, it's a shame that we never did get to get a a next gen film without data, though, because at least with the classic crew, you got one film without Spock. You know, after Spock was killed, but with next gen, you never you never got that. So I, I would have been curious to see what the dynamic would have been like. Can I just say this? They're in their bubble bath, all romantic. She's mm-hmm. shaving his face and then cleaning off the razor in the water. Mm-hmm. Just dumping his, his old beard hairs into their water. Right. It's kind of gross. Not mer- very sanitary. <laughs> Seriously. Ow. Stop it. <laughs> he's like he's got the reaction I would have. Like Jesus, do you have to do that when I'm standing? Yeah, right yeah, here? yeah. Right? Is this this is a this is a, a procedure for the bridge? I there's a preoccupation in these next generation movies with like gross out scene body horror scenes. It's so weird. Mm-hmm. You know the Borg Queen, right? Uh, I, I, and I haven't seen Nemesis since it came out, but I think there's stuff in there in there too. It's like they almost had to throw a little Hellraiser things. But I love this. Shouldn't this... Kirk's cabin be on the other side of this lake <laughs> right, right here? But... Doesn't that look like the same? It does. It looks like the same spot that they were at in Generations. I, I think that's that's a minor problem with this. It made it, it dates it, too, is is like, you know, the, the, the planet isn't. It, it looks like the California backlots, you know? It right. Could, it could. It's very Earth-like. And they could have just done a few things to to make Since it. Since when doesn't data breathe? By the way, I mean maybe it's just me, but it seems like they're kind of inconsistent with these things. Well, he might breathe like to appear to be breathing, but it might not be a functional thing. 
Hello, CG fish. <laughs> when I see that scene, I just picture Brent Spiner tapping the air in front of him. Oh, my underwear's up my ass. <laughs> But this is, you know, this is, where are we? We're, we're, we're a half hour into the movie. and really now, I'm wondering how many Baku he kills downstream when he lets when the he dam out. He just lets all the water out. <laughs> the whole village is washed away. Well, there's all those Indians downstream going, it's the water. It's a that, Superman yeah, where does movie that reference water go? nobody's going to get. But, um, <laughs> you know, we're not, this, this is a, like almost like a mystery movie up until a point because right there's just eh? i i think a lot of people were sitting around going where is my science fiction set piece right. a half hour in and we're where the hell do all these people come from i thought it was just the five of them yeah they just sort of appear out of the woodwork and mill around that's all these people <laughs> it's uncle owen time yeah, I don't think it's this you're interested in. Yeah, the shores of Denver in midday, they'll be able to pay. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what I love about this? This is not a movie about a planet getting blown up. It's not a movie about the end of the universe. It's not a movie about. The end the of Federation's not even threatened in this. Right, one. right. That, you know, I'm glad you brought that up because there was a there was a mandate that came out a couple years before this movie came out where basically it was the who the hell was putting out the Star Trek novels at that time, Pocket Books or whoever. They basically they had a new mandate, which is we're not gonna keep taking submissions from every Tom, Dick, and Harry because they were. I think they were starting to realize there were way too many Star Trek books and a lot of them were shit. So they were starting to to kind of ratchet down right. on the qualifications of of what would get published, like what what were they were looking for in submissions. And I can remember one of them basically being each one was gonna have to be like a big deal. You know, they weren't just going to do one-off character pieces anymore. Every one of them had to be this big, you know, universe threatening thing. And then they come out with this movie, which another reason I like this one so much is it's not part of the formula. You know, earth isn't threatened. The Federation's not threatened. They're not fighting the Klingons or the Romulans or anybody or the Borg. There's only a few thousand people's lives in play. Yeah, I mean, and and it's just a quiet little character piece, so counter to what they just said that they were looking for in the novels. I I just, I get a kick out of that. I think that's actually pretty cool. Well, this is what to me Star Trek is about. Mm -hmm. It's it's it's, what science fiction is is about. It's about an idea, and and the idea in this is what if there's a planet that you know if when you're on it it makes you young you know what right what you know and you have well, the... to me it's not even that it, the the core of this movie and we haven't gotten to the scene yet but the core of this movie is all summed up beautifully in the scene between picard and the admiral in picard's ready room where he just tells him you know flat out that he knows what's happening and that it's wrong and he's not going to let it happen because they're trying to force these people off the planet so, I, you know, I wonder if maybe people get too hung up on the whole Fountain of Youth thing, which, uh, granted, I'll, I'll grant you, that's it is a little far-fetched. It's a little silly. But that's not what it's about. It, it's about the fact that 
you know, here's a man, and you know, in the in the case here, Picard, that was not Picard jumping in the water. No. <laughs> You know, here's this man who is suddenly faced with making the the very Kirk-like decision between duty and his belief system. And to my reckoning, and I could be wrong, there might be some there might be some episode I'm forgetting of, but to my reckoning, it's really the first time that Picard finds himself in one of those Kirk dilemmas. You know, between do I do as I'm told or do I do as my moral compass is telling me is the right thing to do? And so, well, I, I love the transition to the scene where it's him in his civvies gathering the weapons to go down and do what he feels is right and, and to hell with Starfleet. Yeah. And I like that. It's a very it's old so school. Off- it's a very old school crew thing. Yeah, very much and, so. Because, you know, Kirk would do that at the drop of a hat, right. but not Picard. Well, and here you see Picard is having his doubts that Starfleet is taking the right <laughs> direction. <laughs> but it, as the movie progresses, you know, he sticks to his guns, even though it looks like, you know, they're talking court-martial. But there's that point where he goes, yeah, we'll see who's being court-martialed when this all plays out. Where it turn, where, you know... Where Picard didn't have all the information when he started forming his ethical opinion about it, but by the time all the information starts coming out, you find out that his ethical opinion about it is spot on. You know that that um, Effort Murray Abraham is the one who's being you know sleazy and slimy in it, and just by sticking to his principles, you know the the rest everything else eventually caught up to Picard in this. You know. And uh, and I like that by this point in Next Generation, <laughs> they don't have to call a, a, a meeting together to fit, you know, right. everybody. They all know each other so well. And, you know, they are now the, the fully functional Star Trek original Star Trek crew. This would really? be a really cheesy scene, but it's just another example really of scene. <laughs> yeah. no, it is a really cheesy scene. Really? Picard dances the mambo, really? I'll be damned. I'm not getting any younger on the Fountain of Youth planet. Hello? Can you come out and play? Hi. <laughs> <laughs> What's funny is like, isn't she like 700 years older than? Yeah, something Picard? like that. So it's like, it, like, Ooh, he's like she's got to be kid. crusty. She's, she is. She is robbing the cradle. <laughs> and, uh, that guy just I mean, it's the the maybe it's the actors the pick and the hairstyling. Well Do you mean Greg Varney on the right hand side of the screen? Is Greg, that who you're talking? Greg Varney and then um oh, who does he remind me of? Uh he's got a little Kevin Costner in it. He's like Kevin Costner mixed with what was the actor who played Kirk's son in Star Trek? Oh yeah, yeah. He's got a little uh, bit of both them mixed together. But, Merritt Buttrick? Merritt Buttrick. Yes. But the, the you know I think one maybe I'm starting to think now that Frakies was putting this movie together he got the hairstylist from the TV show to do the hair because basically all these people have the same hairstyles that everybody had on the TV show that sort of 80s mm-hmm. 80s with a touch of the 70s feathery look to it but it was right. it's just way too processed for. 
I would have pictured these people to be a little more hippie-like, you know, if they're not into the technology, you know, maybe having long hair, maybe with a little bit of, like, cogs. Oh, they should have had Dr. Severin leading them. Right. They could have had a little space jam with uh, with with data. Yeah, but they're 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 just a little too clean and out of central casting, you know. <laughs> and even so, even even if you're in a anti aging and you even age backwards a little bit, that doesn't mean everybody's got to be beautiful. Well, not that Greg Varney's like you know out of a, a model, but everybody sort of looks <laughs> you know like they're out of a magazine a little bit. But those are all nitpicks. Those are all just visual things. The story to this is... See, I sort of remember at this point... I, I always remembered a, that isn't in here a conflict between these two where Picard was just sort of like, you know, wouldn't, wouldn't this planet be a... I mean, wouldn't it be nice to just have a health spa for people with terminal diseases that you know they can't to, to come here and you know get a little revitalization or whatever that's never addressed as like okay we've got a planet of youth planet what do we do with it now or you know right or should we do anything of it or how can you not do something with it you know there's a lot of issues but once again it's it's a hour and 43 minute well, how yeah? I how are they going to keep a lid on it? Is what I want to know. How are you know? Right. Two, two things I always walk away from this movie thinking about is how are they going to keep a lid on it, and how are they going to defend it? Mm -hmm. You know, now that it's known, what what happens now? I mean, what keeps they but, they save the day. They keep the people on the planet, but what's what's to save them as as soon as from all the Picard and his people mugs. drive? Yeah, exactly. As soon as he and his people fly away, you know that that you know whoever the Romulans or whatever don't come in and and kill the people well, and take the planet. You know, well, I mean, it seems like you don't even have to go down on the planet. You just have to fly your spaceship around there, and <laughs> right, and you can you can reap the the effects of it. You know. So I mean that the fact that I'm the fact that I remember other elements to the story is a testament to how good this story is because it obviously made me think of the issues about it and this is one of those movies that like a lot of times movies like this you know I saw it in 1998 it's it's now you know oh what 15 more than 15, 17 years 17. ago that this yeah. came out. Usually I just remember general action sequences and stuff, but I pretty much remember the story, you know, remembered the story and the elements right. to the story of it. I didn't really remember the the reason the 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 bad guys and uh you know they're they're wanting, you know, to to reuthify when when I saw this again. I forgot about that element of it and how that resolves in the story. But I pretty much it's almost exactly like I remember it, and and that says more than you know. Nemesis, I'm go I only remember a couple sequences of it in my head, and white hot anger and stuff that you know, I've heard <laughs> people talk about in the past. As you are so people. itching to talk about that. <sighs> you got to save it. You got to save it. But, but I'm looking forward to that one too because I I rather like that one as well. It's, it, 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 if you can say one thing, it's the exact polar opposite of this movie. <laughs> That's for <laughs> sure. 
And I think that's what I think that was because of this movie and the reaction to this movie, which mm-hmm. really that's another thing that really gets me about it is, you know, you fi- you get something like this. That's just like I remember sitting coming out of the movie theater and going, you know, if they pump one of these out every year, I will be a happy camper, you know. Right. I mean, short of having a TV show, this would be really nice. You know, they're doing a good job. And then all of a sudden, you know, after this movie, it's like, we must never do this again. <laughs> right. And uh, now this scene here. I, I love this entire sequence right here. I really do. It's beautifully shot. I mean, you talk about the cinematography and I'll grant you some sometimes it's, it's competent, but it's a little flat. But this I would argue, I, I think this is gorgeous. I really do. I mean, they they waited for their shot on this, and you can tell it looks really good. Well, what I really like about this that works is the score is beautiful. I think the cinematography really works, but I think the score is gorgeous. But what's really neat here is this little speech that Jordy's about to deliver is a callback all the way back to the second episode of the series, uh, The Naked Now where they got the scratchy disease and Jordy uh, remember Tasha Yar goes to Jordy and he's got the scratchy disease and he gets all upset about not being able to see remember they're in the the conference lounge and he says I've never seen a sunrise not the way you and it's the same yeah. the same exact delivery I, I love it it's a, it was a wonderful callback to anybody that would remember it and I, I like that I think that's really cool well, LeVar Burton and, uh, is a really good actor, and he's mm-hmm. not given a chance to really have a dramatic... I mean, look at it. His eyes are welling up. And, right, and he, yeah, you know. he gets a moment there. It could have gone on a little longer, but it, it, I think that was a good moment. I like this part here, too, where you get the sense of, oh, shit. Bad guys is a moving in. Pardon me, I'm just reading Shakespeare. See, this guy looks like the doofy drummer from one from one of my <laughs> bands that I was in, and I so I can't take him seriously as a heavy, you know. Right. But that's what I like. Not, neither of these guys are like warrior. Oh, I hate when that happens. That happens to me all the time. <laughs> that's what happens to me when people on the internet piss me off. I was and just, just gonna bust say, a blood vessel. I was just gonna say that's probably or driving. <laughs> Can I have a towel? <laughs> Don't you have space band-aids or something on this ship? <laughs> yeah, sorry about that. <laughs> I don't know what his problem is. <laughs> See, this is I think this is a great scene. Well, it's a it's a mystery, and now now Picard's mm-hmm. starting to figure out a little bit of what's he's figuring out. This guy's up to no good, but they're both feeling each other out, you know. And Dougherty's got to be from Texas with that belt buckle. <laughs> six hundred people there. That's right. I'm yeah, six, yeah, six that's all it is. And, yeah, it's well, that's that's why I love this scene because you know he. Dougherty makes this great argument, and it is a pretty good argument. Oh, it's I mean, and then like Picard saying, just tells him, he says, "How many people argument. does it have to be? You know, how many people does it have to be before it's wrong?" And I think that's a great line. Wrong is wrong, and it doesn't matter how many are affected; it's wrong, and I like that. 
I think it's great. <laughs> How the Arabs felt about this movie when it came out with a line like that. <laughs> I don't know how many of them were watching. I actually Zip your think zipper the Star Trek off. fan in the world is a, is is Arabic, so I shouldn't say how many are watching this movie. Actually, <laughs> right. probably a lot of them are. There's like this Saudi. He's well. He's I think he's a sheik himself, but he's like the son of the king. He might be the king now of one of the Saudi states, and I think he might be in either the richest guy in the world or the next. But he's a big Star Trek fiend. And I guess it's got to be built by now because it was like five, six years ago that I read about it, that he was building a gigantic resort complex. And you had to, you know, you had to go to like Bahrain or something. It wasn't Bahrain, but you had to go to, you know, fly across the world to get there. But it's a whole resort built as a as a tribute to Star Trek Hmm. with sets and stuff. And 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 it sounds a lot like um was it in Las Vegas they had that Star Trek? The experience, the experience or whatever? Yeah. It sounds like that translated into a park, you know. Hmm. I, I'm sure you could go and do video on the set of the bridge and stuff, but it sounds like when you go to stay in the hotel room, you're probably your hotel room looks like guest quarters on the Enterprise, you know. That's cool. Yeah. <laughs> That's a guy. We need him. You know, we need that guy to, like, buy out DeManzo and... Uh, fund our show we need that guy to just give us enough money to buy star trek and make a new <laughs> make a new movie right if he's listening if you're listening out there and he's probably really offended because i don't have no idea what his name is what country he's from but you know who you are what's a billion dollars to you to two true freaks and we uh, we swear we won't play spend it on video games and Stuff like that. We'll, we'll put it all into a Star Trek movie. I'm, ordering you to the I'm blabbing through the whole important... Uh, <clears throat> I really like this moment, though. Because <clears throat> it, it gets to the core of, of what the whole thing is about. I, I think in a, in a weird kind of way, I think maybe they were trying to give this movie that moment that first contact had between... Picard and uh, and what's her name there in the ready room where he ends up smashing the display right with his rifle. I think they were trying to give the, this movie kind of that moment, but I think that moment works so much better in this one because it's more it's more. I think it's truer to car to Picard's real character. It fit than... it it, it worked. I mean, in the story, I mean, all we've got here propelling this is the story. We don't have action propelling this. Mm-hmm. So all that stuff has way more meaning to it than uh, once again, you just they just can't resist with the they love it. It's like it, 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 they need somebody that looks like they're walked out of Hellraiser. So <laughs> and the and the women that. Where have I seen, is that? The 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 headpiece on the women looks very familiar from another movie. Yeah. And I'm trying to to place what it is. I don't think it I don't think it was it might be just Borg. They might look like Borg to me. Kind of vaguely, yeah. Yeah. But Frankie's was like we needed some more women and 
I need to make out with Troy, and we need some women in in rubber body suits for this movie. <laughs> Ah, that's <laughs> and, the, and the, what's funny is these cases. These are this is the crew. This is the film crews and sound crews. Uh, <laughs> that's their equipment boxes, you know, with some Starfleet stencils painted. Those are those are straight twentieth century, right? You know, equipment cases. I love it. Who's flying the ship? This scene is a little little. It's a little too, not trite, but almost formalized, where they're all lined up perfectly, you know. Mm-hmm. But it's still great. It's very, it's very. He doesn't even fight him that that long. Yes, you keep going mister. on about that sunrise, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> But you know everybody's got their line, you know. Right. I'm with you. I <laughs> Right. I lend my steel to this battle. I lend my fire. <laughs> Saddle up. Lock and load. Thank God he didn't cock the gun though. I was really afraid he was going to cock the gun. I was like, "No, come on." You know, I do like that, that scene though. I would not like that scene if it was in a different if this was a different movie. If this was a pure action, if this one was all action and no story, but it's almost like a joke on it. It doesn't belong that lock and load, you know, here's a right. catchphrase. It's almost, it's, it's almost playing with the fact that like there's action sequences in here, but they're mostly defensive. You know what I mean? They're, they're defending themselves. It's just not your standard you know, they would be like, we have to get aboard the ship and plant the bomb and blah, blah, blah. And it's it's not so in here. It's just sort of it's really their their goal is just protecting, protecting people. It's maybe it's because this was just it, it, this was the point. It's after this. There has not been a Star Trek movie that hasn't been completely action driven. Damn the story, you know. It's the captain's yatched. Gelatin. Bring me some jello. <laughs> Seriously, you can't get a little get a little something for that that wound in his head. His 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 uh partner there's got a little Christopher Lloyd to him. <laughs> Looks like more than six hundred people to me, but Maybe not. They're just, yeah, it's 50 people. They're just running off one side, running around the other side. <laughs> right. <laughs> Go around the wall, come, come around the other again. way, too. <laughs> yeah, this is bullshitty. I'm out to keep him from beaming us up. Got 15 gallons of plot point liquid here to pour all around the perimeter. <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna turn on the Dusex Machina Machina to, to slow him down even more. Oh, she's back in her titty shirt again too, which is a damn good thing. I think the special effects in this part are pretty damn good. Now, what I does like this, this part remind you of? Spider-Man. 
It reminds me of Battlestar Galactica. Oh yeah, battle. Yeah, they do kind of look like the uh, what were Cylon they called? Ships. The Cylon Raiders. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you're right. Cylon. The the way they, they just sort of swoop over and fire their weapons ahead of them. They look to me like uh, like the the Green Goblin's glider. There, oh yeah, yeah. Like. But yeah, you're right. They do look like the Cylon ships too. I hadn't thought of that. <laughs> Whoa! Where? Who put that? Uh... <laughs> who put that trampoline on this bridge? <laughs> it's just such bad timing. No, that's an emu, isn't it? It's a Sorry. space llama. <laughs> space llama. Now, I like the effect right here when they're running along and all of a sudden they just beam up. That's actually pretty yeah. cool. That looks neat. That was a cool effect. Come on, come on, keep going. This is, it, it just reminds me of a old school 50s, 60s science fiction novel. Oh, yeah. Where, you know, you just have neat plot points. Like some of these people are getting captured, you know. Right. And you just know Data was going to befriend this kid. Oh, yeah. But they didn't that make it too cloying. They could have made it in a, a boy and his Data movie. <laughs> a boy and his Data. A boy and his droid. <laughs> Damn straight. We should send down an assault team and kill every goddamn Look, every, one. All these, all the seats, That's my philosophy, too. All the seats in these movies, though, boy, they got some nice upholstery. <laughs> yeah. They got fancy upholstery for this this one. This guy, this this looks like some this Straight looks like some stoner den <laughs> couch, you know, with the paisleys on it and stuff. He's his his command couch is super plush. It's like something he out of the. Changes clothes again. They're vain. These are the. Oh, I'm I'm spoiling ahead, but these are the you know these are the vain. And uh, you, you know non. I guess non-spiritual or non-peace-loving aspect of the people that are down on the planet. So, right. which is which is funny because you'd think well, they the, were the rebellious youth. Is right. What it is. Yeah. It actually shares rather a lot in common with Way to Eden. Now that I think about it. Well, I, I like. There really should have been a Space Jam in here somewhere. <laughs> That's another movie. <laughs> <laughs> but um, what I like about it is these guys. You know, when you find out that they're the same race as the as the people on the planet, that you see that maybe the people on the you know these guys are sort of the worst elements of it, but you you might see you know the people on the planet are like oh we're peace loving hippies, but maybe they're just so vain <laughs> they don't want to get old you know, and these right. guys these guys are like basically the bitter the bitter aspect of it of of them because they haven't been sitting on the planet all cushy. But right. I mean, it's it, it sort of gives you a little insight into the psychology of these people, and maybe that's why I thought Picard was a little more like, okay, you guys don't don't think your shit don't stink, but it wasn't in there, which it which would have been very Star Trek: The Next Generation. Oh, we oh oh oh, oh sorry. The same guy <laughs> who was the 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 doofy drummer guy used to sing, holy oh. Go, go. 
Ooh, she's got a booby shirt on too. I never noticed that before. That must be the style of those people. That, that yeah. they're not too. They're not hung up on covering up their booby boobies. You'd think if they're advanced, they'd just be naked on their Garden of Eden. Instead, they're kind of overdressed. You know, for refugees on the run, they sure are dragging their asses. I know they have well combed hair too. <laughs> None of them this even... kid would have been a good uh, Anakin, I think. After, yeah, he would have been. After after a, uh, an attack like that, you'd think they would have smeared a little dirt on him, at least, you know, on their cheeks. Oh, that's what the movie's missing. He never looks at him and goes, are you an android? <laughs> <laughs> He's definitely a better actor. Yeah, that's for sure. But this, I, I like this scene too. I like, I like the whole explanation of like, ah, you're changing all the time. I'm, I'm, I'm the same. I love it. It's just little moments. These are usually not the kind of stuff that they would quote unquote waste, you know, right, yeah. on on a movie time when they could be having things blowing up real pretty. Well, I, I think it, it it gives it that feel of the show. Which again, I don't understand being how how can that be a, a valid criticism that well it's it's it just feels like an extended episode of the TV show. Well, is, is that not what you want? It makes me it makes me very sad that there's Star Trek fans out there, and and it's selfish of me because everybody has their own view of what Star Trek is or whatever. It's right, but it it it, it always disturbs me that there's people who don't seem to get it. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, I understand maybe if you're like eight years old, 10 years old or something. And I used to see comments about the new Star Trek movies is like, hey, it had a lot of it was all action all front to back. It was great. What's there not to like about it? You know, I understand that from like a, a little kid who doesn't know any better. But there just seems to be a lot of people who don't. <laughs> they claim to be Star Trek fans, but they you could put all the elements right in front of them, and they're not going to see them. And they don't know? get it. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think that's what this movie is. And in a lot of ways, I think that's what this movie is. I think this movie. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying it's a perfect film. Oh, I mean, no. it, it has its flaws. You know, one one of the things that I don't know if you can necessarily call it a flaw, but it's obviously not it's they're not lavishing the money on it by Ooh. this point you know i mean it's it's made i hate to say on the cheap but it's kind of made on the cheap so it does make it feel it, it does have that kind of slightly better than made for tv movie right. feel but just slightly but it doesn't quite feel right. as big and cinematic I, I got that and maybe that's what people are saying when they're saying, oh, it just feels like the TV show. Maybe that's what they're saying. So in that aspect, I'll kind of agree with you. But it it really is, on so many levels, pure Star Trek. And that's where I will completely agree with you that I think there are some people out there, people that I'm sure consider themselves Star Trek fans. They are. That just don't quite get it. And and I'm talking about the ones that, that will look at something like first contact and hold that up as wow that's that's the pinnacle that's the great one right and i'm like no it's it's really not because that movie misses it on so many levels that this one gets 
And, he, you know, the other thing I hear about this one all the time is, that, you know, oh, it's so slow and it's so boring. And they don't. this ship battle between great. Yeah. the Enterprise and the Sona ships, I this is one of my favorite big screen Enterprise fights here. What I love about this is this is a big screen Enterprise fight with with uh, Riker. Riker, yes. Command. So now yeah. we're getting a little Kirk going on. No, he's very Kirk-like. This is why this. I draw the, this is another reason I draw the, the Wrath of Khan um, parallels is because we're, we're getting a, re a revenge story and now we're getting the submarine fight mm -hmm. with brain against brain, you know. And what I love about this is at this point, everybody works so in in tune with each other that when it's ba this is like the point <laughs> in The Walking Dead where Rick was like, they've messed with the wrong people, you know, <laughs> that's what's happened here is they they messed with the crew of the Enterprise and these guys work together as a as a team and you know picard can actually relax relax but concentrate on doing what he's doing down here on the ground and not really worry about riker with the enterprise you know and you know okay space groceries away <laughs> I thought this was a pretty cool idea. Yeah. Sometimes, like right there, it looks really good, and then other times it looks very CGI. It's it kind of goes back and forth. I wonder if those things hurt. Ow! And so much. I mean, it looks like they're basically getting shot with like a like an animal tag, you know? Right. So it's it's probably well, that's like that's not on my list to do today. So yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna say well that one just kind of flew into the rock. That was stupid. <laughs> no shit, really? You've been hanging around Troy too long. Well, just make sure everybody keeps their clothes clean. <laughs> that's a good shot of uh, the doctor with a big ass gun. Oh, it's funny because up, Timmy. it's it's like th this is one of the big action sequences in the 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 movie, and this is so modest as an action scene these days. Oh, yeah. You know, it's just but throw the llama at it. But you know, I mean, I think we've gotten to the point of where we think oh, that's a great shot. Oh, it is, yeah, it is. I mean, the depth to it is is it's beautiful. Mm-hmm. The dry ice budget starts getting high when they have to <laughs> go into battle. You gotta have it squirting out every corner. <laughs> I like her. She gives him a look later on yes. too. She's just like, oh, "I want your bones." There's a lot of like female characters. There was a scene when Picard first came on the Enterprise early on in the movie, and you see this woman in the background. And right. She's obvious. There's maybe she was edited out of the movie or something, but I was like, that woman's because she's paying attention to him coming in, and she's oh, like nervous. So wish there was a womp in that cave. <laughs> Everybody just comes running out, back out. <laughs> okay, that was goofy. This is cool as hell right here, though. See, this is the way to do it. If you're going to have a part that's like, oh, that was cheesy, follow it up with something awesome to kind of take your mind off of it. That's just what they do. I love this. Private newscaster. 
turn up the shields. That one guy looks like a weatherman off to Riker's left. Right. On the bridge. <laughs> Yeah, just love it. I love it. I don't know. Might work, might not work. I don't know. I'll get back to you. That guy? Yes. I like that. I just did. I love it. Mm-hmm. I love this shot where it's riding the wave. Everybody go surfing. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta have those scenes of people flying and getting hit by shit. Yeah. I love it. The only thing missing is somebody with like a chunk of debris stuck in their forehead. Although he did get the slash across the face, though. Well, that's nice because they broke my spaceship. That's a great line. It was a nice I shot like with the Riker. explosion right behind his head. Mm-hmm. Boy, but they've sure come a long way in uh, set rock technology in Star Trek. <laughs> <laughs> that thing is ridiculous looking. It's a space herpy. Another 43 reported taken, sir. He's going to have to chase after it. Okay, have they given up with, like, trying to tag him and they're just trying to kill him now? They're just trying to to, to drive him out. Say that in English? They're just, try, they're just trying to, they're trying to, uh, to spook him. I guess. She's so nice about it. I'd be like, it's a goddamn cave. How do I know? <laughs> it's rock. Where do these stairs go? They go up. Now that is one fake to stalactite there behind him. Yeah. Will this structure hold if it were to blast through? I believe it is safe. Oh, I would love it if they blast through and the whole roof just caves in on them. <laughs> nice clean Let hole, me. gentlemen. <laughs> Let me be your gateway. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It is. That's funny. It looks exactly like the room we just came from. Oh, wait, no. Get everybody into those caves. What caves? What the hell is he like, talking about? They're like halfway up the mountain there. Oh, okay. Jesus, There's like a bunch of holes high. in the side of the mountain. Those are, oh, right, those are what scientists call caves. <laughs> oh, I didn't see that. <laughs> How the hell? Okay. Oh, speaking of Metreon gas, I had Taco Bell the other night. <laughs> Even with the Metreon gas... How do you ignite stuff in space with no oxygen? There, there it is. Um, she's going, what's Troy got that I don't got? <laughs> you know what? Good question. And can we do something about the broken light fixture? We're going to use the space. Oh, asteroids. I fucking love this game. We're using Space Fart Maneuver 12. You know what? It actually looks like the controller for Omega Race. Remember that game? Ram I used to love Omega Race. Oh, I haven't thought of Omega Race in a long time. 
Oh shit, that was the wrong thing to do. <laughs> this is how you've defeated many a foe. <laughs> <laughs> Some poor sap's lit up a cigarette behind you and gone and up in flames. Oh, phaser bazooka. When was the last time we saw a phaser bazooka? Is that a bazooka? <laughs> <laughs> it's effective. <laughs> Don't call these people drones. They have individual personalities. Come back, Annie. Maybe it's Annie. like a photon bazooka. I like how they just... She doesn't even like give this guy a pain injection. He's laying there with his back broken. <laughs> She's just like, blah, 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 blah. Puts her coffee down on his chest. It's like, please. Something <laughs> for the pain. Pain so much pain. <laughs> Rock so hard. <laughs> I had to get my space herpy. The one thing, though, <laughs> you just know they're in a cave. There's got to be a, a TV cave-in. <laughs> TV cave-in. You know what I'm talking about. I, yeah, Coming I up. They do it. They have to do them the same every stop. time. They look at each other. Hurry, Anakin. Get the high ground. Now, that's pod racing. <laughs> <laughs> she does have a little bit of Anakin's mom yeah. to her, but not the butterface. Ow, damn it, I hate when that happens. Now they get buried by 55 tons of Look at of those rock. rocks, man. Those rocks would turn Ow. anybody into pulp. Ouch. Watch the Picard. Uh, I'm kind of dead right now. Get back to you, Mr. Worf. You know, why didn't the writers have her say something like, I sense distress? <laughs> <laughs> I miss the styrofoam rocks. <laughs> oh man, he must have so much dust down his back. <laughs> it's a good thing I just missed being crushed to death. Luckily we were in this one circle where no <laughs> fell because each rock appears to be about one ton. She just can't catch a break. Uh, she had a good run. Hundred <laughs> years. Don't feel too bad. Now, one thing is, I wonder if she's starting to heal now just by being on the planet. You know, I wonder if it's regenerate. You know, whether you could crush your spine, and you know, if you stay alive long enough, whether you would just heal. Hmm. Because uh, the one guy said he got younger when he got up. Yeah. When he, when he came That's up. That's true. In it. Here, use up all your energy going into Matrix time with me. Another Skywalker. 
<laughs> Jean Luc. <laughs> what? Here you go. This is some good shit. This will hook your head up. I was telling somebody about Battle in Outer Space Wars one time, and that was my favorite gag was when Yoda died. and Just kept calling him over and over again. What? What? (laughs) Will you die already? (laughs) This, this, This scene, I also, when I picture this, I picture like, all of them standing there, and you hear. <laughs> this scene's kind of cheesy when they do yeah. the, the the spaghetti Everybody... western music. Yep. Yep. Shot. They should have just gone for broke and had it be some. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Data trying to look all badass. I know. He does get the best scene here in a moment because he does all this running and jumping and well, landing this, on his side. This was in right the here, right here. Oh, this is awesome. This is that's in, actually cool. This was in the height of like action, like buddy action movie, right? The Schwarzenegger, Danny Glover, Mel Gibson era. So like, see that look on his face. He does get some creepy ass looks on his face. He really does. That guy guarding the door, that black guy right there, reminds me of, uh, in the Dark Horse Star Wars, there was this race of protoceratops people. Yes. And that's that's what that guy looks like. That's what he reminds me of. I love this. He's pissed. (laughs) I'm surprised they didn't have a scene where they were just like, just flush these people out into space. Right. That's, that's where I sort of thought they were going to go with it. Well, there is a moment here coming up where uh, he's going to go ahead and set the thing off, and he tells the other guy, his, his assistant there, to make sure that the, the Starfleet people are in the unprotected part of the ship. So right. he plans to kill everybody eventually. Eventually. But tactically, he should have done it right off the bat, but wouldn't have been good for the story. I'm going to launch the injector. That you know, that that's usually what I say when uh about to have sex. <laughs> Begin injector protocol. Huh. I wonder why I haven't gotten laid in a long time. <laughs> Can't be that. <laughs> Must be just all the girls are boring. One of my favorite lines coming up here. One of my favorite real life lines. Protein, those names, those children are gone forever. What the hell's he talking about? <laughs> that. That, that also reminds me of a from our Star Wars parodies when people would start talking like this and we'd have a third character go, Wait, you know this guy? <laughs> See, this is a this is this is a great for once, and we haven't seen after this, like, this is this is such a Star Trek idea. You have the bad guys, mm-hmm. but now we're figuring out, and it's kind of touchy-feely, pokey-squealy. 
that oh you know <laughs> these bad guys you know there was there's a reason they went bad and there's a reason for their revenge and you know there's a possibility that they could be you know be reached or you know recommunicated with very very star trek but like in every movie after this the the there's like almost i think pretty much yeah every one after this the has been like this one a revenge you know the bad guy has, right. has been seeking revenge but has just been hollow hollow just just um yeah. uh, angry and bent on their revenge and and not acting on any kind of here, have a logic, seat. Ow. You know, besides that they're bad and they're angry. Yeah, this is a this is a creepy. Yeah, this is creepy brutal. scene. Ow! <laughs> Old Here. school. Sit. Do you down. remember how this guy dies in uh, License to Kill? It's strapped into a similar type of. He gets put into a. a deep pressure chamber those decompression right. chambers, and then uh the bad guy cuts yeah it's almost the same thing his head ends up exploding but it's the same kind of thing i like that poor they guy just, can't catch a break they just gave it's it's not it's kind of subtle effect you know they could have mm -hmm. made it a lot more creepy and i like that that just yeah you, it, hit the right tones in this movie I don't know. Hopefully, we'll see when this commentary comes out. We'll probably see a lot of other people coming out of the woodwork that like this. I hope we do. I my 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 goals for these sorts of things when it's done in kind of a defense style is to one, I want to encourage people to go back and and reexamine it again. But also, I also like to know, you know, if if you're listening to this and you're one of these people that think we're nuts. Then tell me why I'm wrong. I because I really do want to know why people genuinely don't like this movie. What what am I missing that's so bad about it? Because I don't get it. I mean, I have liked this from the from the first time I saw if it. If you like the TV show, what's not to like? Really? I mean, this reminds me. Actually, this is not quite as well written as like say yesterday's Enterprise, but it's in the same strata. Like if this was if this was a two part TV episode. Here's this couch. Look at that thing. That's right out. Of, that's like Queen Amidala's couch. Fetch me the comfy chair. <laughs> I just don't understand why these guys just don't have rubber masks made and not have to worry about skin. <laughs> this reminds me of the the um, Dooku ship in episode two. Yeah. Which like is Solar Sailor yeah. and Tron, yeah. Well, they're both, and all, all three of them are all based on real, like, ideas for a, a, how a ship would, you know, run on solar power. I don't know if it's solar power in as much this one as, well, I guess the planet's got to have a sun if. Dum -da -dum -da -dum, not up to anything. <laughs> I was just checking your fire extinguisher. You know your batteries are low? It's a. Uh, Smoke detectors chirping. I don't know if you guys have any batteries. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of driving us all nuts here. I'll be back, honey. Keep the dinner warm, okay? <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, if this movie was actually boring, I could see the problems with it. But I was engaged... Like, when they when they beam the two of these guys up, I was actually getting excited. I'm just like, 
oh shit, they're screwing themselves putting Picard and her on the, you know, on the the ship with the refugees. Now they're going to be able to, you know, they're not going to mess around. They they are officially in Kirk phase now where you just don't mess with these people. They might seem like you have them captured, but right, you know, at any moment in this they're usually a couple steps ahead of the bad guys. See, this could have been the this could have stopped the story right now. He could have just closed the door and airlocked space. Right. This is a nice little exchange as well. But uh, yeah, well, I mean, it's uh, him convincing this character to you know have have sympathy is actually plausible. You know, this right. char- and this character now that we know about them. It, it, it's an actual plausible plot point and it's not just done for the com- it is for the convenience of the story but it makes sense and uh, that's something that's just been woefully lacking since then they, th- this character wouldn't even be in a new Star Trek movie you know there wouldn't be anything in between you know the barking mad bad guy and you know basically once you have the barking mad bad guy the way to resolve the situation is to blow him up in his ship Right before they can blow up whatever they're gonna blow up, and there's a there's a tie you know they're trying to stop him from you know doing something, this but they they are plausibly, you know this this if I were this character I would be at this point thinking yeah you know he's 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 actually right. Now she looks like the woman from Brazil. That's that is exactly what the mother from Brazil looked like. I don't like that android. He's no threat. He's just doing this randomly. There's no reason he's doing this. I'll ignore him. <laughs> the second you see him crawling through conduit, you're just like, oh shit. <laughs> Get together, have a few laughs. <laughs> I have a Fezuka now. <laughs> ho, ho, ho. <laughs> ho, ho, ho. It's a 19th uh, character from 19th century Earth. You don't, you've never heard of Santa Claus? <laughs> Everybody in Star Trek's heard of all human culture. I want him to go down into the planet like Red Leader. Just screaming the whole way. <laughs> okay, I'll grant you this part's goofy. Because, for one thing, they would have to know exactly what the bridge looked like, right? But then also, how did they know what was on every one of the monitors to get it timed up perfectly so that these guys don't realize they've been transported? So I'll give you this one. Yeah, it's a little implausible. It's when you stop to think about it, it's pretty hokey. But they get there's a nice little uh, tell here where he goes, "Look, it's happening just like the simulations." Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, of course it is because they're playing the simulations for you right now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, once again, I'll take a little implausibility for a nice little plot twist idea in this and this plot twist it got me 
it got and on my second viewing i forgot about that part so i was like okay you know when when you finally start trying to figure out what's going on i i was lost you know i was like what what what's happening and i'd forgotten about the you know oh what was that and then this part it's like oh it, it when I saw this part, I was like, okay, how did they pull this off, you know? And I'm like, they couldn't have pulled this off. His his gun looks a little like my modem for my computer. Yeah, you know, every time I see this, I think that too. I think it looks like a modem. That's funny. Oh, there's the door. <laughs> That's usually how I find the door. I just start firing a gun in all directions until <laughs> the door appears. So the police come and show you where the door is. They right? do oh, every time too. It's so it's so convenient. Sometimes it takes them a couple hours to get here. This is a great part. Oh, this was like last time I had to to. Tried to have sex. No, come on! <laughs> it's funny with the sound turned down. It looked like he was yawning. <sighs> oh well, <laughs> we tried. Time to go to bed. All right. At least Picard's got the 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 scratch on his forehead to show that he's been in some action scenes. <laughs> I've secured the big comfy couch. <laughs> I like giving these guys my own little nicknames. This guy's frog face. <laughs> and and, the, and the, the guy who's going good is liver lips. <laughs> Jacob Mudd. <laughs> Why is every object we don't understand always called a thing? Her name's Betty. <laughs> she has a name. Oh, shit. They've launched the collector, scouring the planet, emptying long boxes. <laughs> Just shoot it already. Or did they say they couldn't shoot? I forget. Oh, no, there's 13 minutes left to the movie, man. <laughs> and and here we go to you know now we're now we're in full action movie mode where it's like okay right. we're going to a boss battle, but I'll forgive that you know because they've earned a boss battle on this one. Mm -hmm. And, Love oh, the music. So many Scott Love potential fart jokes. <laughs> and this one, they didn't even have to. They didn't even have to. Um, do Is this the with same the set? Screens. Right. Was that the same set from the uh, from the observation, the stellar cartography room from Generations? It looks like it might be the same room, it, just redressed. It, it could be. This could also be the same set. From um, first contact, redressed, where, Could be. where yeah. Data first meets um, what's you know or not he doesn't meet Cochrane he meets the woman, and where he jumps down like fifteen levels, 
I love this. Now we get some Star Trek fighting. No phasers. People getting thrown into machinery, Kirk style. Great piece of music coming up right here. Love this part. That's a nice shot too. I just been shot. <laughs> but I love it. No messing around. They're just a they're they're, they're a team now. Darth Vader. <laughs> Thank God he knows exactly how it works. Take the doohickey out, put the doohickey here, turn this button, there we go. <laughs> His name just made Ruff, it's like Ruffo. My name's Ruffo. Ruffo's dog. <laughs> Can't live with him. <laughs> Take yourself for a walk. I wish he would have said ramming speed. There's a scene coming up that I really like this, too. All right, Mer That little smirk he had right there for just a second, he actually looked a little like Harrison Ford when he does that. <laughs> That's a Scott L Gardner line. <laughs> risk igniting. <laughs> that was a weird little shot. It looked like he was bouncing, like the, bouncing down there like the Emperor. <laughs> This I love this. Yes. Sure he would. <laughs> I love that. That that reminds me of one of my favorite moments in and people are gonna hate this in uh, Indiana Jones Crystal Skull. <laughs> in the beginning of where he's yeah. driving the one car right he, he wouldn't. Oh <laughs> You don't know him. <laughs> Sorry. Time's up. I'm going to Why is the time up? You can't wait? You can't, you couldn't wait just a couple seconds. He's just being dramatic now. Yeah, he did. He... I love this look he has. Like, oh no. Well. Oh, come on. Nice beauty pass. I got a little cooked, but I'm okay. Adios. <laughs> <laughs> Like I said, that's kind of a standard action. Sure it is. Thing. But look, we still got a, we still got ten minutes left, and it's it, it, it's the ending is not completely with with you know okay the bad guy's ship's been blown up we're gonna they're gonna have a, a very next generation resolution rec reconciliation starting you know right. Now I gotta haul this shit back into town? Jesus. <laughs> drones come in, drones come out, it's a pain in the ass. Your feelings about her have not changed, except for when I was banging her, of course, but you know, let's not talk about that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, you would think uh, Worf's feelings would have been. Oh, I see they've got push-up bras on that planet. 
Hi, Mom. <laughs> Mom. Baby, you got real ugly. <laughs> but I wonder if they if he stays on this planet, if he's going to... Um... Yeah, she said earlier it would take like 10 years to start to work on them or whatever, which was... They're nice little, you know, bullshit way of saying, you know, why doesn't everybody come here and get the fountain? It's a little inconsistent because, I mean, you know, Picard and them have been there for what? An hour and a half and they're already like regressing to puberty and shit. So, yeah, it's a little inconsistent. Yeah. (laughs) But I like this. He's just like, yeah, you and I can't be together. But guess what? I got a year's worth of booty calls in the future. Oh, I'll be beaming back. Yeah, I bet you do intend to use them. Mm-hmm. And this scene could be very cheesy, but I love, I I love how they're, I love this time to go, Data, and he's like, all right, bye. I have to go home now. <laughs> but that's how this is. That scene is like a. A very realistic scene between <laughs> two little kids. That's how two little kids play. It's like, okay, I gotta go. Okay. I hate manure. He's got shit all over his uniform. We on this planet are masters of hay pile technology. <laughs> <laughs> Couldn't he, like, break Riker's nose doing this? Sure. <laughs> Snaps his neck. That would be hilarious. <laughs> All of a sudden, the movie takes a dark turn and Data's on trial. <laughs> we will never see you again. <laughs> <laughs> Here's another little difference between him and uh, Kirk is, you know, there's no little Picards left behind. Right, that we know of. <laughs> That's a beautiful shot yeah. right there. That's cool. Damn, that was good. I like this one. I really like this movie. Watching rewatching it the the in preparation for this was such a pleasure. And now all we got left is Nemesis. <laughs> At least, actually, actually, I shouldn't say that because we got the vast majority, you know, we got more than half of uh, the next generation oh, still yeah. on monthly Mondays. Yep. So, and I mean, the TV shows are chock full of all the stuff that I was looking for in this. So, yep. But movie wise, you know, I, I remember walking out of this movie and my friends were kind of disappointed. And I was like, this is how I want them to make Star Trek movies from now on. Mm-hmm. You know, that was that it, that is more satisfying to me than, you know, a big explosion fest. Yeah, I like explosions I, I, and shooting and, and stuff like that, but I need them to have something behind them to make them mean something while they're happening and to engage me in it. Let me ask you this. Just see if this theory holds water. Do you think that if consistently through the history of, of Star Trek movies, 
if there had also been a Star Wars movie coming out, you know, evenly with them the whole way through, that some of these movies would be better appreciated and better respected, like like this one. That maybe part of the reason why some of these aren't appreciated more is because people were looking for that Star Wars fix. Maybe. So, the, so the, the criticism of this one being slow and not having enough action and all that is because they were wanting a, a slam bam, you know, yeah, action, you yeah. know, space movie as opposed to and what I think we got, which was a pretty damn faithful Roddenberry. Well, the. The critics were saying stuff like, well, you can tell the cast is getting older because they've slowed things down and implausible card is an action hero and stuff like that. And it's right. And it's like, hey, you know, realistically, even in Star Trek world, people get older. Okay, Mm -hmm. so we're dealing we're dealing with that and we want all these characters together. So we're going to have to if we're going to have them together, we got to deal with them being older together and i think this show or this movie does a very good job of reckoning that and and turning it into a story that's not just that's not a snoozer and that has some meaning to it you know and some meaning to the characters and and inching inching a lot some of the characters ahead a lot of the characters didn't get any kind of you know as much you know i mean you're gonna get picard is gonna have the love interest and stuff like that, but they inched, you know, number one, and and um, Troy had a little bit. Really, right. Crusher has and that pays off nicely in the next movie. Too. Uh, Jordy has a Jordy has a nice moment, you know, but it's it's not radical, radical. Th- you know, there, there's, um, you know, Data gets his emotion chip and stuff, where they've just sort of created a thing to happen. You know, here's something we haven't seen before that's going to happen. This is just gentle, natural progression of human beings' characters. And I I think maybe people aren't used to that in a movie, you know. It's it's I don't know. A movies they only come out every few years and you know, people sort of I think want them to be more in their own little pocket, you know, universe. Whereas this one is just a natural progression of of Star Trek. It's just a, it's a, just another story of what has happened to these people. It's not a story that got pulled out of like, you know, Starfleet. The ten times the universe has almost gotten destroyed. You know, it's it's just a story, and that's what I like. I sometimes I want some of these big things to just sort of take a step back. And do a quiet, not that this is a quiet story, but just relatively quiet story where it's, you tell a good story. And this delivers and apparently um, it, in delivering that, it proved that that's not what people wanted. <laughs> Because <laughs> I think this one did not make as much money as they thought it was going no, to. No, I mean, this one actually did pretty well. I mean, well, it, it it made money. Maybe that's just a um, miscon. It seems to be a misconception of right. Star Trek that we get that, that the ones that weren't received as well were flops. Exactly. Yeah. Whereas they still made money, but just people weren't as happy with it. 
And that makes the film companies afraid that, oh, if we make another movie like this, they're going to stay away. So right. that we got Nemesis. I remember sitting in Nemesis going, oh, my God, they're trying their absolute hardest to do the opposite. They're, they're just like grabbing you by the lapels and going, see, see, <laughs> this is not this is not insurrection. And it wasn't. But man, I'm I'm glad to be back on the comment. I haven't done the commentary in a while, and that was great. It, it has been a while. It's a nice well. Up, we got a month of them coming up. Yeah, I was just gonna say, do we want to go ahead and uh, and kind of let the listeners in for what they're in for in the near future here? So well, obviously, they know we're doing Nemesis. <laughs> yeah. So here's how it's going to work. Um, we're not sure of the order yet, but uh, if you follow us on Facebook and our Facebook group, we were recently talking about the fact that, uh, you know, last year we had a couple of, uh, of big events that we did last year where we, you know, we, we uh, suspended our regular format and we brought you Planet of the Apes month. We brought you X-Men month and a couple other things. And, you know, there were just some big movies that came out last year that we you know, we're very excited about, we did tie in events and that sort of thing. And then the movies came out and somehow or other, because of our, just, we led up to planet of the apes with a whole month and then we never covered the movie. Yeah, exactly. Loved. <laughs> yeah. And it, it was just a matter of, you know, well, as the, the new summer era, you know, the big blockbuster era for this year for 2015, and there's going to be a lot of them is creeping up on us. We're kind of like, let's, let's kind of tidy up, some of what we left undone from last year and and also you know it, it gives us a little bit of breather to to ramp up as well so all next month will be commentaries and we're going to be covering the likes of guardians of the galaxy x-men days of future past the dawn of the planet of the apes and what am i forgetting there's one other one in there oh uh, captain america the winter hmm. soldier as well and then because there are five weeks, or excuse me, five Mondays, rather, five Mondays next month, we will wrap it all up at the end of the month with Star Trek Nemesis. So I'm pretty excited about this. I think the Nemesis one is going to be very interesting because if your opinion doesn't change on a rewatch, this will be the first time I can really think or of your We're going to go in with... What's that? Or your opinion doesn't change on a rewatch. You've probably had a much more recent rewatch of this. Yeah, I mean, I, I watched that one actually pretty pretty regularly because I, I dig it. I actually like that one pretty well. So it's going to be interesting that uh, we we might actually go into that one at, at opposite ends, which could be fun. That could make for a very interesting show. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I really don't like that movie. <laughs> <laughs> I, it, it, it's, I, I had a very similar reaction to that movie that I had to, to Star Trek Into Darkness. Wow, a, a visceral reaction at the movie theater. So, you got that hmm. to look forward to. <laughs> okay then. I mean, I don't hold that one at the same level as this, mm -hmm. but I mean, with with some exceptions. I mean, mostly mo my hang up with that one is the is the uh, other brother of data thing because that's just stupid. Going. I, I don't know. I it, to me it was like the transition from so smart to so dumb that, that <laughs> annoyed me. You know, going from having right. a lot to chew on to nothing to chew on, hmm. and what, what I was chewing on, I wouldn't like it. But that's for another day. But next month, it's pretty much 
Um, not to be a spoiler, but we're it's gonna be it's gonna be a celebration, man. Mm-hmm. Because boy, oh boy, what a great crop of movie it's. And then when the new crop of movies come out, knock wood, if they're all if even fifty percent of them are good, you're gonna hear a lot of uh, happy freaks this in this coming year. <laughs> I just saw the they they just had another cut of the Mad Max trailer with a few extra little shots in it that. Now the the main guy in that isn't he the guy that's Picard's clone in Nemesis, Tom Hardy. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. That's interesting. That's still may, not going to make me like him more. <laughs> it wasn't it wasn't Tom Hardy's fault that I didn't like him in Nemesis either. It was it hmm. was who wrote Tom Hardy's role. Mm. But we'll, well get on. That's going to be interesting. We'll get on to that. <laughs> uh, All right. We will see you in another week. Look forward to a five five more commentaries. So we will be we will be caught up on all the commentaries that, that you missed. As I, I'm assuming that some people missed them. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll find out when we start putting them out whether they missed them or not. <laughs> missed them or not, here they come. And then beyond that, we'll be we'll be back on our regular format as well. This yep. will give us a nice little break to recharge batteries and get some new content recorded, and then we'll be back to regular format yep. beyond. So yeah, and there's big plans in the Star Star Trek uh, Monthly Monday universe. So mm-hmm. keep up with that. You'll you'll be seeing that happen in the next few months. Absolutely. All right, guys, get the hell out of here. Yep, go home. You don't have to go home, but you cannot stay here. If you shop at Amazon.com, please consider using the link at 2TrueFreaks.com to shop there. If you use this link to go to Amazon and then you shop, 2TrueFreaks gets a little cut of what you buy and it doesn't cost you anything extra. So you get to shop as usual and help out the 2TrueFreaks at the same time. Visit our website at 2TrueFreaks.com. 2TrueFreaks is always spelled T-W-O. T-R-U-E-F-R-E-A-K-S You can email 2TrueFreaks directly at 2TrueFreaks at gmail.com 2TrueFreaks and all of its excellent affiliates are available on iTunes and you can choose to subscribe to either the entire network if you wish or pick whichever individual shows you want to follow. We have so many shows to choose from there's just bound to be one that appeals to your particular fandom. Just search Two True Freaks with an exclamation mark at the end, space, and the number two. You can find Two True Freaks on Facebook. Just search for Two True Freaks. Dumbass. If you ever leave your house and you actually have friends, why don't you tell them about Two True Freaks? If you've enjoyed our show, please, won't you take a moment to rate us on iTunes? That helps others find the show, too. Thanks for listening. And join us every Monday for new episodes of Two True Freaks. We were finally invited aboard one of these spacecraft, which landed near Ann Arbor, Michigan on October the 24th of 1954. This is a drawing of the craft. As I was leaving the craft, the commander, Soltek, said, soon others of your people will be able to have an experience similar to this.